If you could body switch with anybody, I'm gonna say dead or alive. We'll 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 make that a. Yeah, you could do whatever. But like imagining that they're still alive, who would you switch with? Uh, so you cut me off because you knew I was gonna get pedantic and say I wouldn't switch with anyone yeah, dead yeah, because yeah, they're yeah, rotting yeah. and I don't want to rot. What if they were cremated? I'd just be dust. Yes, but that's why I jumped in with the rule that like it would be them as like alive and I guess you could say like in their prime or just like in a certain time period yeah you can choose Ingmar Bergman who oh my god Ilsa from Casablanca oh okay I just want to know what it's like to be like hot and Swedish and famous and get to kiss Humphrey Bogart mm, that is fair you, you you're one of those things you're not Swedish that we know it, of it am I am I famous I said you are one of those things. Well, I'm guessing. You're not famous. Okay. <laughs> and it's not the 1940s, right? Um, last I checked, it's not. We are... I don't see any German planes overhead, so I'm assuming no. Yeah. Which one is it? I gave up. You have kissed Humphrey Bogart. Oh, <laughs> no. duh. I forgot that I, <laughs> I snuck into Hollywood forever dug up his corpse and get planted a big old smooch you're just trying to get me to say that you're hot yes it's called fishing <laughs> how about you it's kind of honestly like i asked this question without having my own answer to be bad quite improv frank. i know i'm gonna say and this is this is it's gonna be vague it's not a specific person um, that's cheating I mean, I don't know. I think I would switch bodies with someone who obviously lives a completely different life than me. I mean, this is like the moral of this story, right? You're supposed <laughs> to get a different perspective. And I don't know. I think that's a pretty unique opportunity. Um, I also, I would probably switch bodies with someone who's like a far better dancer than me because that's like the one art form that I think is really therapeutic and freeing. But like, I'm not, I don't have the technical skills Necessarily, and I know you don't need them uh, to get that like freedom, but it would be kind of cool to be in a more like flexible and I don't know more like technically skilled dancer. Sure. Body. I get you. I guess if if you want me to get specific, we can say Jenna Dewan. She also just has like a really hot body. So fair enough. And I wouldn't be mad about kissing uh, Steve Kazee. <laughs> <laughs> All fair. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like the freedom, freeing dancing, you were doing like musical theater dancing to ABBA all last night. I was, and it was fun. Yeah. You looked like you were just like blissed out. Yeah, I was having a good time. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched Freaky? You mean the 2020 reimagining of Fafariki Friday? That's right. So I'm Nicole. I am Topher. And we're the Horror Babes. Correct. Here to bring you horrifying things all year round also we're almost correct. to spooky season though we're getting there my whole life is spooky season i'm feeling it i'm seeing the halloween candy at rite aid already i'm seeing the pumpkin stuff at duncan we're getting there last yeah. night was very chilly in new york city it's chilly today is it i haven't mm-hmm. been outside yet so we'll be doing the uh, normal format just where we case. talk about the weather Yes. This is now. <laughs> Here's a, a weather report from New York City. Babes. It comes out a week later. <laughs> weather babes. Yeah, it comes out a week later. So last week was pretty uh, hotter than Satan's balls, and then it just <laughs> dri- dipped down to a nice little chilly fall night. You know, it's funny that everybody thinks that Satan's like people are like hotter than Satan's butthole, hotter than Satan's balls. 
if you're going with the, it depends on your imagination of oh hell. Lord. Here we but go. <laughs> if you were to take the traditional Dantean, like oh the God. Inferno, Satan's in a frozen lake. Why do you ruin everything? It's my thing. I'm a ruiner. I love it. It brings me joy. Okay. Anyway, before we lose any more listeners than we probably already have, we're going to be. I can't talk about Satan's frozen butthole. No, because it ruins the saying, okay? <laughs> Just think we could use it for winter because I hate winter. So anyway, we're going to be going through the normal format today just in case you don't know what that is. Topher's going to take us through who made this thing. Shout out the cast and crew. I'm going to take us through the plot. And then in the third segment, we are going to analyze the crap out of said plot. So without further ado, Topher, who made this thing? Satan's frozen butthole. Okay. Well, well, no, no. And I, that seems rude. He, I actually like this guy a lot. It was Christopher Landon. We are accidentally talking about him again because I did not look up anything about this movie other than the logline. I like uh, going into things cold. Yeah. Oh, we we should say that our our very dear friend Steph turned us on to this movie. Yes. Thank yes. you, Steph. Thank you. Thank you. Love when our friends give us recommendations and they're actually good. Ready or not was the same way. Shout out Sibs. Like Yeah, yeah, no. These some of these contemporary horror films lately have been very on point. There have been obviously there are always gonna be some bad ones, but like some of the ones that we've we've watched in the last year have been really good. Been really happy with them. Yeah. yeah. Pie Wacket was up there. Mm-hmm. The Lodge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ready or not, this I'm like all solid recommendations from friends. Totally. We've we've gained a lot of new staples because, you know, we do our film challenge in October. Oh, yeah, I'm watching watch all four of those in, in October. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Christopher Landon, you may remember, or if you don't, we covered him a few weeks ago when we covered Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is done a bunch. He's really, like, making his mark in the horror community now. Yeah. He's even being compared to Wes Craven in certain ways. I mean, I can see why after watching this movie. Yeah, he, it's. I think it's because he has a joyful take on horror. Yeah. And that's something that we talked about when we talked about Scream, just how much he delights in. He's clearly a fellow nerd. Yeah, he's he's on that nerd status. Um, so he's only got, he's only directed a few things, but he's, uh, that has ramped up significantly in the last few years. Because mm-hmm. um, his big break was directing Paranormal Activity. One yeah. of them, uh, the marked ones. Then he did his little indie one with Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, both the Happy Death Days, uh, Freaky, and now he has We Have a Ghost, uh, which is currently in Principles of Photography. Nice. Um, but yeah, he's written a bunch of stuff too. He wrote Disturbia, which I believe we mentioned last time. He wrote four different paranormal activities. Mm, that's um, right. uh, and then, yeah, sorry, he wrote this one with Michael Kennedy. Who I don't know that you would know. He's pretty new to this, uh, at least in terms of credits. Um, he did work as uh, an animator for Family Guy for a long time. Okay. Um, and he wrote for Border Town, but that's really his biggest credits. Gotcha. But I'm excited to see what he does further because I like the writing on this movie a lot. Yeah. So for our cast. We have, you know, a little guy named uh, Vince Vaughn. Who? <laughs> uh, yeah, he plays the butcher. Uh, slash Millie? Um, yeah, yeah. Catherine yeah. Newton as Millie slash the butcher. Um, she's awesome. I love Catherine Newton. She was in Blockers, if y'all remember that really fun movie with where we found out how funny John Cena is. I do. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that movie now. She was also in Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. With Nicole Kidman's terrible wigs. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Detective Pikachu as well. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. Another another uh, piece of media that I'm just going to sound like a pretentious asshole on, and I loved Big Little Lies, the book. Mm-hmm. Did not really enjoy the series that much. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got, as her, uh, one of her best friends, Nyla, we have Celeste O'Connor. She's a real, she's up and coming right now. Um, didn't ha- hasn't had any didn't have any roles until 2017, but she's worked every year since then. Because mm-hmm. um, she did Wetlands, Irreplaceable You, uh, Seal in the Spades, this, and now she's got uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which she's in, and uh, The In Between, which is shot but uh, is not coming out for a while. As her other best friend, Josh, we've got Misha Sharevich, mm-hmm. uh, another kind of up and comer. He's been um, in Nosferatu though, nice, which is a fun little show that I really like. As her older sister Charlene, we've got Dana Drory. Which you you might recognize her from the uh, High Fidelity remake or reboot series on Hulu with Zoe Kravitz. Uh, she plays Lily, which Zoe, you know, is Mac, it's Mac's new girlfriend and, and uh, Zoe screams, what fucking Lily girl? Just like from the movie, <laughs> you know. I recognize her because of her mouth. Like she had, like, you know, so there's just like some actors that have memorable mouths. And so sure. when she talked in this movie, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. She's in something that I've watched at least 10 times. <laughs> and then I looked it up and it was the High Fidelity series. <laughs> I think it's funny that you say that there's actors who have memorable mouths, but I had to explain what a hot mouth was to you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't I don't really I still don't really understand the hot mouth thing. I understand the concept of having a hot mouth, but I don't I guess it's just not a thing for me, like attraction wise. Hmm. So you never just like think about Lena Hetty's mouth? No. Huh. I don't really think about mouths in general unless, you know, someone starts talking and I'm like, wait a minute. I I know that mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and for our last two as her mom, Coral, we've got Katie Finneran, uh, who's most recently been like, she's been on Brockmire for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I can't remember if that show got canceled or not. It's really good, though. And then Uriah Shelton as her uh, big old crush, Booker. Ooh. She's <laughs> got a crush. The music was from Bear McCreary who has worked a lot with J.J. Abrams and, like, that production crew, but he composed Godzilla King and Moss, uh, King of the Monsters, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Battlestar Galactica, Walking Dead. Dude's got some credits. Yeah. <laughs> All of those have really good scores, too. Yeah. Our cinematographer was Lori Rose. He shot a good bit of Peaky Blinders, oh, uh, cool. which is a really gorgeous show. So, yeah, that's, that's really what it is. It's surprising because this is not, like, I'm looking through his body of work and this doesn't feel like the kind of thing he would shoot. Mm-hmm. But it looks good. I mean. Yeah. They did a really good job of being reminiscent of the movies that they're kind of tipping their hats to. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they like a lot of the shots and then the design of it is is pretty on point for. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's freaky Friday the 13th. Yes. Quite literally. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, that's about it for cast and crew for me. That being said. So this movie did come out during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It was dropped last October of 2020 mm-hmm. at a digital version of Beyond Fest. And then it came out uh, in wide release uh, November of last year, 2020. Yeah. And yeah, that, that wide release was through HBO Max. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they 
picked up once the pandemic hit. They're like, well, shit, uh, we'll take it because it's yeah. Universal mm-hmm. uh, and Universal and HBO are together. So, yeah, they're dating. Oh, wow. Cute. <laughs> um, this is another Bloomhouse production. Mm-hmm. It's I love that Jason Bloom is now just like, hey, Chris, uh, I've got another thing for you to reimagine because he did Happy Death Day. Yeah. Which is Groundhog, Groundhog Day, Day. But she keeps dying. Like. Yeah, she has to figure out her killer and not, you know, become a better person. Groundhog Day with and, a horror twist, yeah. Yeah, and this is Freaky Friday with a horror twist. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see them do, like, the Stinky Cheese Man, but it's horror this time. Oh, my God. That book? Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember that book so... I read it constantly. Yes, yes. That was one of my favorites, Um in grade school. Yeah. It looked like Roll Doll, but it wasn't Roll Doll. Yeah. It had that vibe to it for sure. But yeah, I mean, you and I were kind of talking last night about how cool it is to see these kind of like Disney plots turned into uh, rated R, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the opposite of what Disney does, right? Like they take yeah. uh, they take public domain, mm-hmm. they classic stories, copyright them because they made something out of it. And you're like, wow, that seems bad you should probably shouldn't be that shouldn't be legal but what anyway don't don't cancel me disney um (laughs) but then they take these like you know grim fairy tales uh both in tone and who wrote them down yeah and then make them rated g or pg and then they own the rights for it so nobody else can like make a snow white or make a little mermaid or anything like that yeah yeah but what's cool about that it's also because they 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 Disney fight like there's a term for it. They Disney fight it, yeah. And this is like a de-Disneyfication. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and it's complete. It's it's super fun because we've seen so many horror films um, that are like they're technically horror, but they're rated like PG thirteen. Literally, the last one he did that we talked about, yeah, uh, Happy Death Day. We said on that episode why it should have been rated R. Yeah, it would have been great if they had gone for the R rating. And so this is the perfect perfect example of taking. Um, Taking an, an idea like Freaky Friday and mm-hmm. and making it rated R and then also just adding some other horror nods. Like like I said, yeah, like totally. Friday the 13th, there are some Heather's nods in here. There There's some serious like... And, and then References all of the deaths to any amazing, number so. of slasher films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan. Um, but yeah. So since it was released not in theaters because they weren't open yet... Um, it had a $6 million budget. That's a nice, tight, like, small indie-ish budget, you know? For sure. We talk about that a lot, that, like, $6 million is kind of the hovering where you're up and coming as a director and writer. Mm-hmm. And you, they're like, okay, we're not going to over-invest in this, but we are going to give you some money. Yes. Um, and it made sixteen point two back. That sounds disappointing, but that's, like... That's the risk you're taking on these. And, like, I know I've talked a lot about budget lately, but it's something I'm very concerned about as an indie filmmaker. 100%. Um, Because the the wider the gap gets between five and whatever the top is, the the less likely I'm going to be able to make a a movie. For sure. Um, But, yeah, so, like, it's I love when they do these. Like, they know The Conjuring is going to make all of its fucking money back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he'll just be like, okay, so I'm going to do... Uh, the one that will make its money back and it, you know, didn't do a hundred times its budget or five or, you know, 50 times its budget, but you know, three times back. Yeah. Not mad at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's an easy watch. It's on HBO max. Like I said, cause they distributed it and it's about a hundred minutes long with a really good post-credit sequence. Yeah. Agreed. Not like the Marvel style post-credit sequence, just like the credit sequence is really good. 
Correct. In credit sequence, I should say. Um, so anyway, what the fuck happens in this movie? A lot. Some kids die. Yeah, you don't normally. Uh, yeah, it kind of starts with a very... <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just thinking that that's actually true. I was going to make a joke, but that's actually true. Kids die a lot in our movies. Yeah. So it starts with a very Scream-esque kind of, you know... Oh, it's a total nod to Drew Barrymore. Complete or, yeah. nod to Drew Barrymore. It's awesome. So... Four teenagers, they're talking about urban legends, of course, and they're talking about this serial killer that's famous in their town known as the Blissfield Butcher. He breaks into the mansion that they're in because they said his name three times. Yeah. You know? They actually, oh, they did. That's right. They did. Say, I didn't even count that. Look at you go. It's like, you know, that's, that's again, another trope. Yeah. It's like thrown in there. Beetlejuice, Bloody Mary, all that Candyman. stuff. Candyman. Candyman, yep. Oh, I'm so excited for the new Candyman. Nia DaCosta, love her. So excited. Yeah, we gotta we gotta go see it soon. So he breaks into the mansion and just kills one of them after the other with some amazing, really gory, really inventive kills. Oh yeah, it's right out the gate they're like, Oh no, we took time to figure out what these should be. The first one is my favorite in the movie. Yeah, they they really don't hold back. They come they come out swinging with yeah. these kills. Shove a wine bottle down the throat and smash it. Then it's <laughs> people who think of these kills are you know it's like are they borderline just like should they be psychologically analyzed or should or are they just really creative um so <laughs> i was literally outlining kills on the train down to brooklyn yesterday <laughs> i was working on that one of the scripts i'm working on I just think about and all these I was kills. thinking about the kills that happen in it and what they need to look like and how I string them together and I was literally outlining like six different ways that are clever for people to die in a desert. I just think about like, you know, who someone with a wild imagination would have to come up with a lot of these kills. And I'm honestly like in a slasher I'm pretty fine with it. I think that anyone who writes like, you know, creepy stuff about kids should should certainly be um looked at <laughs> have been you're welcome <laughs> i've been to a shrink like m- for years you don't you don't write creepy shit about kids though i but yeah i i write creepy stuff but not creepy stuff you're right yeah like pernicious d- yeah, stuff yeah. is what i'm saying yes um, sorry took me a second to catch you there i was like i write creepy things babe i don't think why don't you think my writing is creepy so after he murders everybody god oh and brutally oof that toilet seat kill yeah and then where she is thrown into the dagger or the the arrow that he yeah he chucks that spear at the wall and she like thinks she's safe and he just picks her up and goes doink and then her parents come home and see her just hanging (laughs) in the uh on the wall this house is crazy by the way like I at first I like turned to you and I was like wait a minute did I miss something that someone's just rich right and you're like yeah (laughs) Because I was like, I don't know if they like broke into a museum because this shit has like all these masks on the wall, um, which we, you know, there's there's some um, some telling things on the wall, like some of the masks are missing, and yeah, there's one exactly exactly one missing, missing, and uh, you know, we we know what's happening. We get a Chekhov's knife. Yeah, so he ends up leaving with um, this ancient dagger that we learn is called uh, La Dola. Mm -hmm. So, so then. The next day, we meet... This is when we meet Millie. Um, oh, we always get, we keep getting the screamers of Wednesday the 11th, Thursday, Thursday the 12th. Thursday the 12th. So we, we know that Friday the 13th's coming up because we know how to do math. 
Sometimes. I don't know if that's even math. It's basically math. 13 does come after 12. It does. That's math. I know that Look, much. There you go. I know that much. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's great for me. Um, <laughs> Is gay can do math. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Math scares me. So anyway, the next day we meet Millie. She is a high school student, and um, she's at the uh, homecoming football game. She's the school mascot. She uh, gets bullied, and... Her mom's a drunk. Her sister's a cop who has clearly thrown herself into work. That's all she cares about. Also super queer-coded, right? Her sister's a lesbian. Yes, definitely. Got it. So Millie's, like, super made fun of. They... She takes off the, the... mascot head and they're like oh if you put a bag over she'd be fuckable or like they say yeah. some some problematic shit like that which this lady is objectively hot it, it always confuses me when people put people who are objectively hot in these positions it's the same thing where they're like they'll put glasses on somebody yeah it's, it's the, the she's princess all that diaries and then the and the she's all that they just take the glasses off which glasses are cute okay Thank you for saying that because I have to wear them. Glasses are cute and frizzy hair can be cute and acne can be cute. Let's just like put all that out there. I got two out of three. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's just it's it's fine. Uh, but but she's like a an objectively attractive person. Like nobody would Even look her at her. Even friend Josh says you're a certified piece. Yeah. So it's like, it, I don't know. It's it, it kind of feels weird that they're making fun of her, but it's whatever. Um, it helps the plot, I guess. Um, but anyway, she's waiting for a ride home. The school's completely emptied out. And she's waiting on her sister. Mm-hmm. And then she, she sees someone across the way and she's like, oh my God, please don't be the butcher. Please don't be a butcher. Be the butcher. And guess what? It is. He attacks her. He stabs Millie in the shoulder with um, the, uh, the... La Dola. La Dola. Um, causing an identical wound to instantly appear on his shoulder. We get this whole like... CGI moment where obviously it's like they're on some sort of Aztec pyramid. Yes. And something cosmically has happened. I I don't know. It's a dope shot. Like it kind of looks like shit, but like it's a dope shot. Yeah. So finally her older sister arrives and it scares off the butcher and she's like, I heard him too. I heard him too. Blah, blah, blah. So then the police collect La Dola as evidence and initiate a manhunt for the butcher. So then the next morning, um, both of these characters wake up and they have the uh, Freaky Friday moment where they realize <laughs> that they are not in their own bodies. They're, in fact, in um, completely different bodies. They switch. And switched. we get such amazing acting work from both of them. Like, I know oh, Vince Vaughn yeah. is a good actor. Mm-hmm. I, he gets kind of, like, shat on, but he's a very good actor. Yeah. And Catherine Newton is killing it in this, too. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love her as the butcher. This is such a fun part for me. No, it totally is because she gets to play. It's always fun, in my opinion, for an actor when they get to play two completely different roles in one movie because of something like a body switch. Yeah. Like Jumanji was so fun. Oh, Jumanji was great. <laughs> like, I loved the new Jumanji. I mean, it's it's just it's so fun because you, you, you just it's cool to see her playing, you know, this meek high school character and then playing this very sinister killer. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, but anyway. So they both make their way to the high school, and the butcher, who is now in Millie's body, kills her teacher. No, it's her. Or, uh, first, it's the uh, the the, oh, the mean girl. Yeah, what a fucking dumb name. What Ryan Skyler. Tyler Riley. Like, what? What is his name? Rilo. 
Like Kylie? I don't, I, I don't know. But, okay, so... Ryler. Like, it just doesn't feel good to say. No, it's... it's Even if I were to roll my R's all the way through that, it would not feel good to say. Apologies to anyone out there who's named Ryler, but... Um, I will not apologize. I'll just bully you. Wow. Um, but anyway, so she kills, basically, the mean girl. She kills her Regina George by locking her in a... Or Heather Chandler. Yeah. By locking her in, we do get Kesarasara. Yeah, literally as it. Yeah, it's good. But she's in a cryotherapy tank in the girls' locker room. Which girls' locker rooms have cryotherapy tanks? I super doubt it. People pay like hundreds of dollars to go and do cryotherapy. This is a small town in like Wisconsin. I super doubt they have a cryotherapy tank because I'm pretty sure just being alive in Wisconsin is cryotherapy. I did cryotherapy once. How would you feel? It was fine. It wasn't that cold, honestly. Huh. Like, and I, 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 I go through audition season every year, though, where I stand out in the cold <laughs> at 5 a.m. in line outside at 34th Street. So, like, I, I don't know if I'm that sensitive now to that those being sorts said, of though, things. This one gets real cold. You? No, no. I mean, yes, I don't like the cold, but I meant this cryotherapy tank went real cold. Yeah, so cold that it kills her. Freezes so, her. Another great one. Oh, God. Yeah. So this is a really great character moment here because, I mean, the amount of power that the Butcher automatically gains by looking the way that Millie does mm-hmm. and being in Millie's body. She literally calls him a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's it's a great character. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant moment that they give the audience to say, like, this person knows that they are able to be manipulative now yeah. in a different way and they've gained so much more power. They've lost like their quote unquote physical strength because mm-hmm. for some reason with these slasher killers, they, they have like bionic bodies that can just like with withstand like blows to the head, like fatal blows, and yeah, can also just burst through doors. Yeah. Like but also, people forget that Vince Vaughn is a large, large man. Oh, no, he definitely is. I've, like, like been near him on the street. I'm not a small person. He is person, tall and broad. Yeah, he's he's easily 6'4 and just, like, broad. Like, I felt yeah. small when I was next to him. But, like, in general, we've seen it with Freddy Krueger. We've seen it with um, Michael, Michael Myers. We've seen it... Um, Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Like, it, it, there's this weird, like, bionic strength that, A, it's it's almost as hard to kill them as it is a cockroach. And then it's also, you, you just see them take these tumbles and just, like, burst through doors. Like, whether the door is made of fucking bricks, they just yeah. have this, or they can, like, rip a door handle off. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? I mean, it starts, Michael Myers is the first. That's why his name is The Shape. For sure. Uh, in the credits. And then Carpenter did that on purpose, and then everybody else sort of took that. And it's a good thing to take. It's like it's an unstoppable force, and that's the ter- that's the real terror. Is that you never see Michael Myers run? Yeah, no, no, no. It's, he it's, slowly it's, walks towards you, just like it, the, just like in it follows, and it just is gonna fuck you up. No, it's all it's all there for for a reason, definitely. Mm-hmm. And and exactly, it's it's it is inevitably gonna come get you, basically. Yeah. yeah. So whether they have to rip off door handles or whatnot. And that that is that does add to the horrifying element of it is we don't know if we're dealing with something superhuman or not. Yeah. Exactly. So So anyway, now he's now he's petite little blonde girl. Yes. And now we've got Mr. Bernardi who's just a fucking 
dick. He sucks so bad. I love Alan Ruck, and this is a great use of him, but it's it. he's such a fucking asshole. Like, the day before when Millie was still Millie, um, he, like... I'm like, first of all, this is high school, sir. He's got, like, a god complex about, like, her being late. And then... Yep. And then I guess there was a misunderstanding about her date of her presentation or something. Oh, he intentionally moved it up. Yeah, that's what it was. And she's like, can I please just do, like, the date that, I like, I'm not ready yet. And he's like, once again, she's holding up, like, the rest of the class. Like, he's really just, like, targeting her and it's really mm-hmm. not cool. Again, he's just a fucking dick. And again, this is just high school. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Like, a, a lot of college professors have God complexes, too. But oh, like, more than, yeah. But, like, bro, relax. This is high school. Seriously. Um, nobody's trying to major in anything in high school and then go out into the field. Like, the, I don't really understand why this yeah. guy. So, he gets cut in half with a table saw. It's pretty cool. And not in the way you'd expect. Right through the dick. <laughs> Top to bottom. Oh yeah, it's pretty great. It's 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 another shocking kill that mm-hmm. is really well executed here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so good joke, babe. So she 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 finds her best friends at school, Nyla and Josh, and is like does like the school mascots dance routine and answers some some personal questions after a great chase sequence and a little reference to Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and then Nyla and Josh research Ladola and discover that Millie must stab the butcher with the dagger by midnight or else the body switch will be permanent. So now, adding to everything else, we have a time limit. Yep. We only have, you know... Like nine hours. Nine hours. So because of all of these deaths, uh, homecoming is canceled. But the butcher suggests a new dance be held at an old mill that is actually his hiding place. Convenient! (laughs) Um, Of course you would suggest that. So then we get this whole sequence where we've already met Booker, who sits next to Millie in the class with our... Shop class, yeah. Yeah, with our idiot dick teacher um and he's he kind of stands up for in a way like he's just like don't worry about it he's like this all the time like and he calls him a dick under his breath and like um but anyway so millie millie has a crush on him and now remember the butcher is millie and millie is the butcher so um he lures booker into like this mini golf course he wants to kill him, but uh, Millie, Nyla, and Josh arrive just in time to save him. And then uh, Millie ends up knocking both the butcher and Booker unconscious, and they bring her, both of them over to Josh's house. They tie the butcher to a, to a chair, and they try to explain the situation to Booker, which is kind of a really hilarious scene where like they're all talking at the same time, and he's like, yeah. I just woke up. Like, what is even happening and she has to again prove her identity and you know does it by reciting a love poem she anonymously dropped in his locker oh my god make it move proud of our little girl um anyway (laughs) so millie nyla and booker go to the police station to steal the evidence ladola so she can you know stab him and they leave the butcher with josh poor josh Josh points it out that, like, I'm the worst person to leave, to leave here. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't it just be Millie and the Butcher? Yeah. The only person in their crew who's going to be able to, like, take care of this. Mm-hmm. And so then um, Nyla ends up tricking 
Millie's sister. So she ends up by saying, like, you know, you have to go outside. Like, the butcher followed us here, blah, blah, blah. Giving Nyla some time to look for La Dola. Now we get this sweet moment where Booker was like, I liked you since day one. And I'd like to kiss you. <laughs> so Vince Vaughn and this child make out. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. Millie also says, like, you know, that she is enjoying her newfound strength and confidence in this body. Um, which is kind of cool. She's, you know... Again, that's the whole kind of point of the body switching is you you discover a different perspective. Yeah. Well, and like, uh, and Booker says like, that's not strength is in these, baby. Yeah. Goes, it's there and there, head and heart, baby. That's how we do. We love an unproblematic gentleman. We do. (laughs) So then we've got the butcher escapes Josh's house because of his poor mother. This is also hilarious because he's like, we're role playing. And she's like, wait, wait a second. Isn't role playing a sex thing? And then Millie, who's, you know, the butcher is like shaking her head. And then he's like, yeah, I, I didn't know how to tell you this, but I'm straight. And she goes, you are a lot of things, but you are not straight. <laughs> it's amazing. So eventually the butcher gets loose because oh God, of his mom. Portrait. Sorry, I just remember there's that portrait of Josh and his mother in the entryway. That is just, oh God, sorry. Anyway, yeah. it's, it, it is fantastic. It is like a Kmart portrait yeah. of the two of them. But they're just like being, it's. I don't know, like Liza Minnelli and a gay child. Adorable. I could see her as being a mother who like wanted a gay child. Yeah, even though that gets problematic in its own ways. It I certainly appreci- does. Yes. <laughs> but I could see that being a characteristic of hers. Yeah. Either way. The- Nyla gets caught stealing La Dola. Um, still in the car, Millie sees the butcher go to the police station. She runs in after him. But uh, her sister tries to detain her. Who, you know, she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, um, she sees big old serial killer and she, her sister says, and her attack. sister's best friend. Yeah, she go, I, I protect, I attack. Exactly. Um, so Millie eventually overpowers her and locks her in a jail cell. And it's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, you'll understand this later. Bye. And then um, the butcher escapes in a police car. So now we're at the... Um, the Blissfield Valley High homecoming dance, that is a mouthful, um, out at the butcher's mill, the butcher kills three jocks who attempt to rape him, yep. um, thinking he is Millie, as well as a fourth who attempted to assault Josh. Um, we get this really weird scene um, in a dressing room. Oh, Her yeah. mom works there, and um, Millie, as the butcher, is hiding in the dressing room and the mom is like coming up and saying like i've had such like a nice conversation with like she opens up about her dead husband and like just way too much information it goes from zero to a hundred real fast um she opens up about like about all of that and then um asks him out to have coffee and he's like i'm married um (laughs) but after saying a bunch of other dumb stuff yeah it's like it's a really weird moment but i think you know i think they felt the need to throw that in there because that happens in everybody swapping is like some weird like ew like gross out there's always going to be a weird sexual moment in body swaps definitely and that was that was this one um and so including the fly yeah So midnight is quickly approaching. Millie finds the butcher and both Nyla and Josh hold him down while Booker um, is like fending off the police. Millie stabs the butcher with La Dola and they switch back to their own bodies just in time, like two seconds before midnight. And then the police shoot 
shoot that motherfucker, <laughs> as Josh that yells. And then later, Millie and Booker in like the back of an ambulance kiss and all that yeah. stuff. So then uh, the butcher very uh, sneakily fakes his death in the ambulance. He follows Millie home and attacks her, mocking her physical weakness and anxiety. And then Millie, her sister, and her mom struggle to overpower the butcher, but Millie finally kills him by impaling him with a broken table leg by kicking it. It's such a great it's Buffy really the Vampire good. Slayer moment. Oh my god, yeah. So that was definitely her outfitting, right? They designed her to look like Buffy when sure. she was uh, the butcher mm-hmm. with the red leather the red, jacket and the, cr- and the, the jeans. Cr- or crimson lips, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the kill is a stake through the heart that she pushes in there and then, and kicks, then kicks through. It. That's li- that literally happens in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I believe it. Yeah, no, that it's the ending is 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 good because you know we at first I thought they were setting it up for like a sequel. Yeah, but then they 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 tie it up. Yeah, he's it, dead. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I also like I was kind of excited for a sequel and I was like, ooh, I, I'd what love to see Vince Vaughn. But then I was like, oh yeah, no, it's better they kill him because like. Then you don't. Then you're wasting Vince Vaughn in the sequel, you yeah. know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because you're not gonna get like his comedic beats. Hundred percent. Yeah, it was funny. You were saying like it's really good that they chose him and not Jack Black for this. Oh, they would have turned it into a comedy. It would have been. He would have made a full meal of it. But yeah, there's no way that anybody could believe that Jack Black is a terrifying serial killer unless I write that movie. Yeah. You know, he's just too wholesome. Exactly. And I, I think Vince Vaughn was a really good pick because he's he does have that comedic side to him. We've seen that a lot. But he also, I don't know, again, like you said, he's a large man. Yeah, I, he's physically imposing. I would be a little scared if he came at me with a dagger. Yeah, sure. yeah. And then like he's he's also, it lets him be the two things he does really well, which is dark drama mm-hmm. and silly comedy. Yeah, yeah, I think he was a he was a very good cast in this. I mean, the 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 acting kind of all around in this is 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 very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought everybody's performances were great. Uh, there's a lot of really one note performances, you know, but like it's a it's a comedy and a slasher. Like you're you're not yeah. gonna rounding out characters is not really what you're trying to do here. Well, and I think even the uh, two best friends who kind of get just like the the you know most one sided character. Like you've got the protective bestie and then you've got the gay best friend right yeah. and don't love the problematicness of like i'm glad that this movie is more diverse than happy death day mm-hmm. i don't love how they went about that you know it's not it's not fantastic to have it be like okay supportive like emotionally supportive black woman yeah and sassy gay friend yeah it's it does seem very um those are literal tropes yeah yeah um, seems very grab, grabby, um, mm-hmm. and I, and I also will say, as much as I like this movie, I think that the whole like small snippet of emotional like family, how they 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 divulge into that when the mom is in the dressing room and she kind mm-hmm. of briefly speaks about um, how Millie and uh, her sister changed since. 
their dad died and it's only been like a year and all this stuff. It feels like a very cheap way of trying to get us to care more about the protagonist when honestly, I think we're all already rooting for her. I don't think that there's any reason not to, but I don't know. It just kind of felt very like thrown in and cheap to me. Like they just said like, oh, we need a reason to anchor this character. And I'm all about character development. This just felt a little bit like thrown. Yeah, it was it was unnecessary character development in a certain way. And yeah. like it's it's like you said, the scene in the dressing room is a scene that happens in every single one, and it is it's a decent emotional beat. It just sort of feels like a story that didn't need telling. Yeah, there's something there's something that I'm just like, I, I, I there's just something that I don't love about it, and I think that that's it is that it. I get that they needed the fuel for um, her to feel compassion from this person, and then and thus ask them out to coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and get that kind of gross out moment of like, oh, I'm your daughter, but you don't yes. know that sort of thing. Because that does that happens in every body swap movie um, at least once. Yeah. But I don't know. It just, it, the whole thing just kind of, it, it just, it felt very cheap. That's mm-hmm. all. But I mean, other than that, like this movie is just, it's fun. Yeah, it's a good time It's an for easy sure. watch. Yeah. It's, it's fun. And you've got the kills that, you know, are, are really unexpected and interesting and innovative and not, not like anything we've really seen while also nodding at other films that we know and love. Yeah. The, again, the wine bottle kill. I never, I've never seen that before. Someone using a wine bottle, putting it down their throat and then like having that brutality. Oh yeah. And then the smash through for the quickness of it and like the blood, it, like it was like, it set the tone for the movie. Hundred percent. And then I mean you've got they're they're just interesting kills. Like the the way in which they're done is really, really well done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like we talked about with Final Destination. Like the cleverness of how you do those is a lot of it, it's fun for me because I'm like, I'm here for gore. I'm here for like if you're Nicole, don't show the monster hood. I'm like, I'm Tover. There could have been some more gore, Pridgen. Like For sure. For sure. <laughs> so this movie is trying to have um, more progressive views than their uh, predecessors. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, worth, it's, it's, doing the, it's doing the best, you know. Like, um, I mean, even in the beginning where the girl gets up and leaves and says, you take too long. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, please, like, I, I, you know, can I just need like, you know, two minutes. And she's like. No. And he's like, that's really inconsiderate. And she's like, boys aren't... Oh, and she, I think she says it sarcastically. She's like, oh, yeah, and boys are always very considerate. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's 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 almost like a very heavy-handed trying. Like, they definitely mm-hmm. wrote that like that for that reason. Um, and then there's the whole over overarching um, theme of, like, you can find strength in any body and you can find you can find peace and you can find strength within yourself but it takes a lot of self-reflection and a lot of work is kind of like what the theme is here yeah and it takes strength to do that work is yeah you know the sentimental (laughs) part of this movie um and it's funny that like the butcher kind of has some of that arc but the butcher's the failure of that the butcher fails to have the empathy to understand Mm -hmm. what goes on instead just becoming obsessed with millie yeah right Mm -hmm. um i do want to say real quick i don't remember if i did this up top but i wanted to make sure i didn't misgender anybody in this so Misha Oshetovich is non-binary um who plays josh okay so i just wanted to be clear like I, i that is another you know Sad that this is progressive, but hiring non-binary actors. Good God. Yeah. What a wild concept. 
Oh, man, yeah, it's crazy that this is coming up after that fucking asshole talked about um, casting transgender folks in um, classic Broadway. Yeah. Like, like a nanny with an umbrella is tradition. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like, a bitch who flies off on a broom. This is literally is less believable, or is more believable than someone is trans. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of it's just completely wild. And I mean, this is a conversation that you know is just like it, it could last an hour. But yeah, I just I I definitely want to want to uh, say that very briefly that that is a completely ridiculous. Ridiculous statement. It is theater. You can do whatever you want. I mean, look, we've got Alexandra Billings playing Madame Morrible in Wicked right now. Yeah. And it's fantastic casting. It's the whole thing. I mean, is is just complete a completely outrageous thing to say, because, again, you go to the theater and it is usually fantastical. Yeah, it's a lot of situations. Anyway, like like I was saying, like Mary Poppins, like this nanny coming in on a. Uh, like flying with an umbrella it, it, that's dude goes to hell to save his lover it, yeah like what uh, yeah and so there's it, so it, much and, wrong the, with and the point of it is that... is that trans folks can play cis roles like it's yes. just not a, and that's what i so non-binary not the same thing as trans but correct fucking with the gender binary yes so good on misha good on them Yes. Uh, and get on this casting for saying like yep we'll have a non-binary person in a uh, in a cis seeming role yeah, that's all. Hundred um, percent, kudos. Yeah, I mean, I want to give the shouts out where I can. Like, yeah, it's yeah. breadcrumbs, but I'll fucking take them when you're when you're starving. Breadcrumbs are look real good. It's so few, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but yeah, I do like that. You know, we we talk a lot about the sexualization of women, and then typically and a lot also in how the killing of women in film is very sexualized. Yes. And this did a good job of not doing that as well. Yeah. Um, there's only three women killed, mm-hmm. and none of them are. Do- none of it is done so in a way that suggests uh, any sort of sexual violence. We Correct. Should, we'll say, right? Correct. Uh, yeah, because we we have the two gals up top. There's the dagger. There's the toilet, and it's then... the spear in the toilet. And yeah, then yeah, the, yeah. The sp- and then yeah, the cryotherapy. Yeah. Yeah, none of it. None of it is um, sexualized here. Yeah, there's also no rape revenge uh, narrative with this, no. which I really appreciate. That like it's fun. It is a little funny that the butcher is just killing off the mean people in Millie's life. Yeah, like the butcher's actually doing like morally good killings. As far as we can say that, I'm not saying that these are morally good. I'm saying that like no, in the, I get what you're in the logic of in the, the movie, narrative, yeah, yeah those yeah. are morally good. Those are morally justified attacks. Well, I think that I I think that the butcher is very smart and probably realizes that if they go on a killing spree of just anybody, they'll be found out. If Millie had motive to kill these people, then the butcher has a better chance of staying in that body forever. Yes. And killing, you know, And also the, the implausibility of Waif yes. being the suspect, right? Yeah. Especially when his previous body is yeah. out there, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, uh, this, this movie is very smart in those ways. And in a lot of ways, um, it falls short in some categories, but in most categories for me, it's very strong. And like I said, it's an easy watch um, as long as you're not too squeamish with um, mm-hmm. kills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, 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 bloody, it's a bloody movie. Yeah. Um, and it is, 
it's not as like body horror as Black Swan, but it's no. <laughs> uh, definitely like splatter. Yeah, it's 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 your typical slasher of like. I don't know. To me, to me, these kills. Uh, to me, the the body horror in Black Swan is too real, because you've got like the joints bending back. You've got the skin of the fingernails, mm-hmm. and you've and and like the scratching of the back and stuff. But yeah. like this is, you know, I don't know. This is kind of, this is out of the realm of possibility for most people. So it, it's it, more fun to watch. We've talked about this before, both off and on mic that there is something about the viscerality of certain types of Mm -hmm. uh, gore where I don't know what it feels like to be cut in half with a table saw. Yeah. I know what it feels like to lose a fingernail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there, it's the small stuff because you, you, I, I've cut my hands so many times. The stuff with your fingers. Yeah. Hurt. It like, and it, it just like, it's like, it's what our, it's what our our brains, it's it's what our brains know. Like, I have issues with any sort of thing dealing with the knee joints because I've dealt with an immense amount of knee joint pain. Yeah, ankles for me, knees yeah. for me. Any joint pain I can get with. Like, someone when they pull on someone's shoulder, I'm like, yikes. I know exactly what... Getting hit in the head, I know what that feels like. You know, yeah. losing a tooth. I know those things. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Neither of us, I mean, knock on wood, know what it feels <laughs> like to be completely cut in half by a table saw. Yeah, or um, like just to have like massive damage done to my body you or know, even like, like have like a like i've never had like a gash like a like i've never been slashed or had like a open like wound per se i've broken bones i've had lost a fingernail like you said i've you know and i've been i've been hit before mm-hmm. by objects <laughs> and like so I don't, but yeah, I've, I I still, I don't really know what it would feel like to get like slashed and have like a gash wound. Bad. So those it don't really, bad. I would imagine. It's not fun. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't really know what that type of pain feels like. Yeah. So it's, but it's, that's what I like about this movie is that there, it has a little combination of both. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, where you have some of those more like finesse ones where you're like, oh no. Mm-hmm. And like that really hurt. And then has ones that are like. Yeah. Just ridiculous. 100%. I think that's why the toilet death hit me so hard. That is, I think, the most brutal to me in this one. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, like, this moment of rage as opposed to, like... Yeah. Ridiculous s- traditional slasher kills, well, you know? Well, that's, that's arguably a slower death, right? Oh, yeah. Because if you get, you know, stabbed... I mean, I would assume that you're talking, like... You're dead within minutes. Easily, yeah. You like, know, well, I mean, it depends on where you get stabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, stomach, no. Stomach is excruciating, and you la- you you slowly, Bleed out. slowly, 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 hours and hours. I'm just thinking about like blunt trauma to the head feels like a much slower death than like a stabbing to an organ. Yeah, you know. Um, and yeah, yeah, because the head's designed to not be blunt traumaed. God, I uh, love these co- these conversations. Like I just. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to running a horror podcast. Right, it's it's amazing, just contemplating um, bodies <laughs> <laughs> and how to kill them. <laughs> oh, God, uh, if I wasn't already on the list, I am now. Oh Lord. Uh, but yeah, no, I do. I like the the two plays on finding yourself. I love the acting. I can't say how good Vince Vaughn is as Millie, and I can't say how good uh, Catherine Newton is as the butcher. They both just land so well yeah and what's interesting is we don't like 
the butcher is an underwritten character, but on purpose. Like mm-hmm. for for a lot of slashers, we get like an origin story, a, a bit of one, and or nothing at all. I mean, we get his origin story. Uh, he decapitated his mother and left her head in the Dairy Queen parking lot. And he just decided he liked doing that? I think it just went from there, yeah. And we know he was in a, a, a psychiatric ward. True. We know that. I mean, probably from You know, all of, all of the killings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It, it is... But it is an underdeveloped character, but we also don't really need... If you had the uh, quote-unquote villain more developed than your protagonist, it's it kind of sends a confusing message, especially... Mm-hmm. It might be an interesting movie, but I don't think that the general public would really understand... Like, just a casual moviegoer would really understand what you were trying to say if yeah. you were overdeveloping the villain and underdeveloping the protagonist, the one that you're supposed to be rooting... Like, it just wouldn't yeah. make sense. yeah. And I, uh, I I do like that there's just enough characterization of him. I think they really got the line right on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as, as many certain, like, small problems there are with the writing in this, mm-hmm. the writing of the main two characters is very... It, it's exactly right. Yeah. I would definitely recommend this to a lot of people that... Especially a lot of people who maybe aren't, you know, like, super, super into horror. People who can deal with gore but aren't, you know, like, horror nerds. I think that this is a really good... Um, it's another good movie primer. to show people. Yeah, you know, like, it's another good primer. Yeah, and again, you 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 already know some of the actors in it. It's yeah, I would definitely recommend this to you know the friend that those of you out there listening to this podcast that you may have that you want to convert mm-hmm. to horror. Fans. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I definitely want to see Vincent uh, Vincent Price Vince Vaughn in more horror films because he was in the Cell, which I talked about with yeah. our guest Shannon. Mm-hmm. And I love him in that, but that he's playing like detective in that. Mm-hmm. I I there there's, seems like there's a place for him in this genre. Yeah, you know that's not just like the comedy body switch version. Yeah, because he is so imposing, and I think you could get some sort of like Silence of the Lambs where you spend time with the serial killer with him. You know, I think because he, he captures dark drama really well. No, a hundred percent. I also think that um, he could actually be a really great. Um, like almost comedic relief father figure. Totally. Like yeah. if, if Nick Cage wasn't cast in Mom and Dad, it would have been Vince Vaughn. Would have been a fun one, yeah. Right. Like I, I don't know. I think it. I think that that could also be his lane Although of like. It should only have ever been Nick Cage. That role was no it, made yeah, for him. Yeah. No. A hundred. It went to the right person, but like it might have even been written for him literally. Um. But like you know what I mean though. I think that he could. I, <laughs> I just think, can't stop thinking about the goddamn hokey pokey scene. It's just, it's so unhinged and so amazing. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I could definitely, I, I would not mind seeing Vince Vaughn in more. Yeah, I mean, we have already seen him as Norman Bates, and he was really, like, I people talk yeah. shit on the Psycho remake, because it's a shot-for-shot shot remake. There's no difference between it and the original. It's just an yeah. actor swap. He's really good in it. I believe I it. I really like I his performance it. in it. Like, I know that's a little, like, controversial. It, but... No, it's, I saw it before I saw the original. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I just had never gotten around to seeing the original. We all have blind spots, you know. Yeah, exactly. But I knew it because I knew that I had seen the shot for shot remake from like ninety seven or ninety eight, I wanna say. Mm-hmm. But he's really good in it. It's like I his dark it. turn you know, it's Jim Carrey doing Eternal Sunshine, right? For sure, for sure. Um it was that moment because he'd done like swingers and he'd done uh, uh That uh, one Jennifer Aniston movie. Yeah, he, he's done and like after that he's like wedding crashers and stuff like that. Yeah. Well Jennifer Aniston's also in the cell. 
Not in Jennifer Aniston. Sorry, Jennifer Lopez is in the cell. Sorry. Ooh, oh yeah, she Jennifer's. is. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, he. Oh, oh yeah, the breakup. That's a great movie. That's what it is. Yeah. Which is a little bit comedy, little bit dark drama. Like it's a reflective piece. I that movie is fantastic, and I will not hear arguments to the contrary. Fair. But yeah, no, I just want to see him. He's he's flirted with doing more horror, and I I want to see I'm here him for do it. that. Like I think that that is sort of his like third act in his career. You know. Yeah. Um, I think that's. Uh, Vince, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you somehow have found hit me this. up. We I've got some projects we could work on together. But yeah, I mean that's really all I had to say about this movie. It's you know it's, it ain't that deep. Uh, no, but, but it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah, it's a great ride. It's better than your not better. I hate using that word. It's different than your average slasher. You know, it's got it's a different perspective, a different take, but it's paying homage to mm-hmm. a lot of different things that whether you recognize them or not, it's still a fun movie. And I like that it chose to sort of drive between two lanes, like it, or it's mm-hmm. you know it's changing lanes, but it's doing it well. Yeah, where it is very funny and it is touching, but it's also legitimately scary. Yeah, there are real points at the very end of the movie. I was like, it could be that Millie's the one who dies in that final scene. Yeah, they did it well. Keeps you on your toes for sure. Yeah, and like the opening sequence, very scary, like proper slasher scary. Like I, I felt the stalking throughout yeah. this movie and it was done I thought it was just done really well even with it you're switching back and forth between scary and comedy beats like but they're two separate scenes they're not in the same scene until they're both together yeah like no, in that terms of writing is also very good 100% anyway yeah uh, that's what I've got for today all right um as always, if you guys are enjoying this, please give us a rating or review or just tell your friends. Um, that works as well. We're going to be doing a nice giveaway soon. So please be on the lookout on our Instagram. Make sure that you're following us at Horror Babes Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we have a good old website, HorrorBabesPod.com. Mm-hmm. Until next time. Bye, Bye babes. babes. Yeah, babe.